Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got Crash Plan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. Crash Plan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Today on the podcast, we have Molly Stillman. She is the founder and creator of Still Being Molly, a life and style blog, which has been around since 2007, and the host of the Business with Purpose podcast. Girlfriend has over 600,000 readers last year, and she's become a trusted community for women, especially moms, who love everything from ethical style and clean beauty to parenting and real food to serving in your communities and making the world a better place. Today, we really dig into Molly's personal story and how she went through the discovery of finding her true purpose and her true people. So we're talking about her losing her mom, that rough journey that she went through, her mom specifically went through with the Vietnam War, and just like really deep stuff about how you can start having this self-realization and self-discovery. I think you'll find there's a lot of tools inside here to do some self-reflection and find your deeper why. Hi, Molly. Welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for having me. I am pumped to be talking to you mostly Again, I feel like I'm selfish a lot on this show, but I've seen it help y'all. So I feel like it's going to be okay. But today I want to really dive into walking in your purpose and uncovering what it's supposed to be. Because as you have pointed out that on your website, we are all created with a purpose. And personally, I've been going through an identity crisis where I don't know who I am outside of a boss and outside of this creative industry and really uncovering what my purpose is in my everyday walk and how I'm supposed to uncover that and feel good about it and pursue it. And so I want you to start us off with just really talking about why you think everyone was created with a purpose. I love this question. And I'm excited to talk about it because... It is something that has taken me probably 32 years to really... And I feel like I'm just beginning to uncover it and figure out what this looks like. 
even in the last 24 hours, some monkey wrenches have been thrown into my life that I'm just kind of like, I'm legitimately, there's been a couple of times I've looked up at God and just been like, what are you doing to me? I do not understand right now. I feel super lost. So I, I guess I kind of have to go back a little bit. I hope that's okay. Totally. I'm to give you the foundation of where this comes from and why this is something I feel so strongly about. So my mom passed away when I was a senior in high school. And my mom was a Vietnam veteran. She served as an army nurse in Vietnam from 1969 to 1970. And when I was in second grade, she fell very ill overnight. And it turned out after visiting doctor after doctor after doctor that she had an extremely rare disease that literally only four people in the world have ever had. It doesn't have a name. And it was related to her exposure to Agent Orange when she was Vietnam. And so for about, I guess, a little over 10 years, you know, she fought for her life in a lot of ways. And so from a young age, I had to kind of simultaneously become her caretaker and also walk alongside her. But one of the things that my mom really impressed on me is she was an advocate in so many ways. And it's actually on her headstone, like wife, mother, advocate is literally what it said, it said on her headstone. And when she got back from Vietnam, she just suffered in so many ways. This was the 70s. And Americans did not treat veterans uh-uh. <laughs> as they do now, that, uh-uh. especially women veterans. Uh-huh. When she got back, she literally was spit on by people. She had trash thrown at her. She tells this one story of she was hitchhiking because she got dropped off when she came back from Vietnam and she didn't have a ride to get anywhere. So she was trying to hitchhike home. And a van, like one of those VW vans pulled over, opened the door and like acted like they were going to let her in. And they instead spit on earth, called her a baby killer and sped up. Wow. Yeah. So this kind of led her down a very dark path. She suffered with um, alcoholism and drug addiction. And as she was recovering and getting sober, she actually wrote a memoir called Home Before Morning. And it was the first a nonfiction account of a woman's experience in war. Wow. And if anybody listening knows the show China Beach, which was like a really popular show in the late 80s, that show is actually based off my mom's book. Holy moly. (laughs) Yeah. But she, during this time, she became a huge advocate for women veterans. And that became kind of the outlet that she used to recover from all of this pain and this suffering that she had. And so she, you know, she petitioned Congress and she, you know, helped just really make the awareness around women veterans rights that exists today because of the work she did. And even as she was sick, and even as there were days where she could not physically get up and move, she would muster every strength and every little ounce in her to get up and you know, go out and serve people. I mean, we would be driving along and she was the person who like got out and went and fed the homeless person on the side of the road. I mean, she would... She literally did whatever she could to serve other people. And that was something that... I watched her amongst her suffering and amongst the pain that she was in. She still put me first, my sister first, you know, my dad first, other people first. She just cared so deeply. And that's something that really, really had a lasting impact on me. And after she died, I felt very lost, to be honest. And I went to college and I just kind of dug myself into school and activities and I distracted myself. 
And I made some very, very poor financial decisions in college. And I mean, real poor, (laughs) real bad financial decisions. And I think it's because, you know, for some people, when they are dealing with grief, they, you know, maybe put themselves into alcohol or they, they make poor decisions with drugs or whatever. For me, it was shopping, like it was spending money. And that was, that was my outlet. And, I graduated and there I was a year out of college and I was over $36,000 in consumer credit card debt. Wow. And I was I felt super alone. I felt like I you know, I just felt like I had failed everyone around me and I didn't want to tell anybody because I was so embarrassed. And so I then spent the next few years hiding the struggle I was going through trying to get out of debt. And that's kind of a whole nother story for a different day. But but during that time, so I I studied comedy. I was actually an improv and sketch comedian for like 15 years. <laughs> and but I think I, during that time, like I have always loved to make people laugh. And I was class clown in high school. And I think I used that as like another way to kind of bandage up the pain that I was going through. Cause the funny thing about comedians is like most of them are really jacked up people. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. A lot are broken. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're all broken, but like comedians are another level. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there I was like in all this debt and I was making people laugh on a regular basis and I was teaching high school and, <laughs> and I was super lost. And my dream, my entire life was to be on Saturday Night Live. Like that was literally the only thing I wanted to do. I had all these characters. I dreamed about what my audition would be like. I went to New York and took all these comedy classes. And I like made these connections. And I was like, this is going to happen. I'm going to be on SNL. Like I'm going to be living out my purpose. And I'm going to be making people laugh. My mom's going to be in heaven. So proud of me. Like that is just kind of where I was. And I just was falling deeper and deeper into a darker hole. And it was rough. (laughs) And so I moved to North Carolina in 2009. This is at like the peak of the recession. I have a job. I was super broke. Um, I was in a terrible relationship. And here I was thinking that I was like taking the next step to make connections in the comedy world. And my life was legitimately falling apart. And kind of fast forward, um, I met my now husband. I started going to a church here in this in our community. And everybody kind of has their different path. Like in a lot of ways, me kind of falling on my face and being super broke, literally, and broken in so many ways. I just, you know, my story is like God literally just like reached out his hand and he's like, I've been here and you're just ignoring me. And so like, let's do this together. And so in the fall of 2010, I really started to turn my life around. And it was just a moment of surrender for me of just being like, I've got to stop trying to do things on my own, my way. And that was really the beginning path. And during this whole time, I've also been blogging um, because I love to write. And I... Around 2011, I had really been writing and sharing my story and everything that I've been going through. And it's funny because I remember one day I got an email from a reader and I was like, oh, people other than my dad and my sister are reading this. Like, this is interesting. <laughs> and so I just started kind of listening to that still small voice that I had that was telling me to just continue to share and open up and be authentic about what I had been going through. And doors started to open. And you know, then I, you know, I got married and I started having kids. And 
I started to learn that, you know, while my dream at one point was to be on Saturday Night Live and to bring, you know, to make people laugh, that there was actually something deeper about it. It wasn't this like kind of surface level. I like to be funny. I like to make people laugh and I want to be on SNL. Like it was actually a lot deeper about a deeper type of joy and where my joy really does come from. And it's not, it's not this surface level, oh, I'm going to tell you something funny. It's like, let's really look at what makes me come alive. Like what makes me come alive and what is making me, what is fueling me every single day? Because sometimes, you know, people will just ask me like, what are you, how have you been through this stuff? And you just seem so joyful. And I'm just like, trust me, like I have days where I am, (laughs) I am a mess. But yeah, so just through that time, I really started to kind of uncover those things. And so that's kind of the foundation of where everything was. And I realized that's like a ton of information and a lot of backstory. No, for sure. My curiosity is now like, do you feel like <laughs> the uh, purpose came out in the letting go, the leaning in, the like, where do you feel like it's... How were you able to dive deeper on that surface level stuff? Because I mean, I could write a list of things I quote want, like I want a big house, I want land, I want, you know, more dogs, like, <laughs> who gives a crap? Like, that's not, it's very surfacy. And so how do you feel like you were able to dig past the, the very surface level of, I want to make people laugh? Right? Well, I think I learned that the I want to make people laugh is I is ultimately, I want to bring joy to other people. Even deeper than that is I want to serve other people. And that all sir that comes from the the legacy my mom left. And for me, my my true 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 kind of like servant passion is ending human trafficking. And that's like super deep, but I have a reason for that. And I think it's because like the when I first learned about the issue of human trafficking and that is kind of like the underlying thing of everything I do now is everything kind of connects back to my larger purpose of like serving other people and like my issue that I focus on if this makes sense is ending human trafficking and sometimes people say like how do you go from being a comedian to somebody who's passionate about ending human trafficking and I think again it kind of goes back to like when you really peel back the layers of an onion like every single one of us like I hate onions but <laughs> Like when you really like it's a good visual when you peel back those layers of an onion, like there's that core right there at the center. And so like if my surface level thing is I like to make people laugh and then I peel that back and like, oh, I really just want to bring joy to other people. And then I peel that back even more. It's like, well, I want people to really feel free and not like enslaved both literally and figuratively. And then I like peel that back. And then when I learned about the issue of human trafficking, I was just like, well, this has to stop. So how do I do that? And so I started then examining all of those things. And I so like the root for me was what keeps me up at night? How do I tap into that and look at it from all these different angles? And because like, at the end of the day, I just want people to feel free. Whether it's like somebody who's not in the creative industry, who's like in a dead end job that they are miserable in and they feel trapped, they feel enslaved and they hate going to work, but they have this creative passion inside of them that they are just trying to unlock. Like, I want that person to feel free. And I also like literally want the person who's standing in downtown Durham feeling like they have to sell themselves in order to make ends meet. Like, I literally want that person to be free too. And these are two different types of people. But those are the things that really like 
that's what fires me up. And I want to like, I want to just tell everybody about it. Well, it's interesting hearing this coming from someone who's going through it and doing it and has shifted to leaning towards that deeper purpose. Because uh, for our listeners who are really familiar with our signature program, Strategy Academy, this is something that we kind of go through even in the pivot of business where you might start life or you might start your business or your career or journey or whatever it is on that very surface level of like, I want a job that makes me money and I want to be profitable or I want to you know make these beautiful things and that's what's going to fill me up. And that's what maybe gets you started. That's what keeps you getting up in the morning or whatever. But ultimately, when stuff gets harder, because it ultimately, like, it's going to get harder being in business, being alive, like finding happiness. How can you find that inner drive of why you get up and do the same thing every day and explore new strategies to grow or be healthier or whatever it is, right? And so it's interesting because. For people who are listening, we at TCC have been on this journey as well. Like, okay, we figured out the service level of why we are starting our business, right? Why we keep doing it, but what actually is driving it. So I love it. I love seeing it happening for you. Yeah. And that's something that I talk to a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs about all the time too, is just like... And I think this is a good life lesson too for your personal life because... At the end of the day, like life is hard and life sucks sometimes. And business, like you said, like business, being a business owner is really freaking hard. And yeah. like it, it's like you have the honeymoon business phase where you're like, this is great. I'm, I'm going to work yeah. myself. And then all of a sudden you hit that first roadblock and yeah. you get that first no or you get that first hurdle. And a lot of people just give up. And successful people, never gave up. They just kept showing up every single day and they were doing the work. But in order to get through those hurdles and in order to climb over whatever mountain is in front of you or get past the hurtful no you got or the rejection you felt, like there has to be a deeper purpose to what you're doing. There has to be a why and a foundation. Otherwise you're just gonna you're gonna give up. You're gonna burn out. And you know blogging, like what I do for a living as a blogging and a podcaster, you guys have a podcast, so you know, like as a blogger and as a podcaster, like this is a hard industry because there are so many people that try to tap into it. And there are so many people that like try to start their blog and then they're like, I'm going to make money overnight. And it's going to be great. I'm going to take pictures of myself and put them <laughs> on the internet. And it is not that simple, guys. <laughs> like it is... I've been doing this for 11 years. And like, this is a really, really hard industry. And I've seen so many people come and go... And like, yes, there have been days where I have felt frustrated, like I need to give up. But I have that deeper why of like, why I'm doing this. And for me, like, I've even that's been more affirmed in the last couple of months. So at the end of January, beginning of February, we lost our third pregnancy. And I was 16 and a half weeks pregnant. And it was... It came a complete shock. Like I went to my my checkup and went in, you know, just thought everything was good and healthy and normal. I'd been feeling the baby move and they put the ultrasound machine on and our, we lost our son. And I to say I I I am a wreck still. I'm going to be honest. Like I'm just, <laughs> this is only 2 months later. But 2 weeks prior, I had just announced that we were pregnant. And I'd done this video and it like got 30,000 views on between Facebook and you know Instagram and YouTube. And, and then all of a sudden, I remember looking at my husband going like, how do I tell the internet? 
Like I chose to put this information out there that I'm going to share with people that I'm pregnant. And here I am two weeks later and we have this video that everybody loves and has shared. And now I have to tell them that we lost this baby. Like, what do I do? And I did the only thing I know how to do and that's I had to write about it. And so in a very like super raw and fresh way, I just, I sat down and I wrote, and I think that post was like 3000 words. I don't even know. I just kind of worked on it. And I hit publish and I ran. Like I was just like, I can't, I can't read comments. I can't. Bye. Read- <laughs> yeah, bye. <laughs> like I'm gonna hit publish and go bye. I can kind of laugh about it now, but it was yeah, at the time it was not. It was not. But the what I learned by doing that and being kind of vulnerable and willing to like share something extremely personal, I opened a door, <laughs> and I think it it gave people the permission to say, me too, or that has happened to me too, or I can't imagine where you're going through. I got thousands of emails and comments and messages from people with like sharing their stories. And I remember I got this one particular email from somebody and they just reached out to me and were basically like, I felt lost and alone for so long. And because of what you shared, you know, you really helped me to know that I'm not alone. And thank you for sharing with me that like, it's okay to not be okay. <laughs> and I think we need that permission. And like, the, I mean, I just got hun- like hundreds of thousands of messages like this from people who are just said, thank you. I now know that I'm not alone. Or I, and that to me was like, that's why I do what I do. Like, I don't do what I do for internet trolls. Like, <laughs> I don't care about the negativity or the rejection I might get. But for the if I can help one person know that they're not alone, or if I can help one person feel like a weight has been lifted off of their shoulder because somebody else is sharing and going first kind of in telling their story, like, that's why I do what I do. And I'll continue to do it as long as I can, because I have that like, that deeper passion. So again, maybe I'm like, telling you way more information than you need to know. But I understand where you're coming from. And I've definitely been in that place where, you know, if we had to strip it all away, for a while, the only thing I felt like I could do was, if I serve one person, I've done my job today. And that has been like, almost a mantra for a while, because it was like, what else do I do? And so I've gone in search of what other ways can I really uncover this? And I keep hearing people say you are most like the five people you spend the most time with. And like, that's difficult because it's like, okay, well, then that means I keep becoming more like Emily, (laughs) which is, (laughs) which is like, yay, I'm like Emily. And then you can't tell us apart, which is no fun. I like being my own person. And then today, literally just today, I was listening to Jay Shetty. And if you guys have not heard this guy before, a sexiest voice I've ever heard in my entire life. He... (laughs) (laughs) was raised in London. He's an Indian man with a British accent, gorgeous skin. Anyways, besides the point, he was a monk for a while. And so he has all this wisdom and he's like talking about this like life that's just so strange to me and so like outside of what I would consider normal. And he was saying, instead of focusing so hard on those five people, what if instead you focused on just being around people you want to grow into? And all of a sudden, I was like, Oh, like, that seems so much more doable. 
like if you're sitting around people that drive you crazy and are grumpy all the time, like you're going to grow into a grouch. Like don't like, I don't want to be Oscar sitting in the trash can when I'm 45. Like I just, you know, I hope you guys get the Sesame street reference anyway. Uh, I want to make an impact. Like if Oprah could be my best friend, like I would take Gail's spot, but you know, like how can I go out and search for those people? So I'm curious in your instance, like you've been through a lot. I relate to a lot of your story. How have you gone out and found other people that you can kind of model off of? Oh man, that is such a good question. I think for me, like it's interesting because my closest friends, like my really, really, my tribe, the girls that I text every single day, or like th- they were the girls that I texted from, you know, the doctor's office, you know, the people that I really trust. It's so funny because they are not business owners and they're not in the creative industry. And so, like, they are so supportive and they're the, the best people ever. But in a lot of ways, like, I like that I surround myself with people who don't do what I do because they can kind of give me an outside perspective or they can give me feedback that maybe somebody who's in the creative industry can't. And but they are their moms, their wives, they're in a similar walk of life to me and they provide a lot of wisdom. And we have a no BS type friendship. Like are the friends that can call each other out on our crap and we can, you know, be there for each other when we're going through, you know, hell in a handbasket. And we've all had to go through some really tough stuff in the last few years. And we've all kind of been the one that has needed the support of the others. And, you know, it's just like, it's hard, but it's my turn. <laughs> I, I hate it, but I've never been more thankful for a community like that. So I think that's the first thing is finding people that actually don't do anything similar to what you do and having just like real friendships. And that's hard as an adult. That is so hard. Like, I mean, sounds amazing, but it's the most difficult thing to do. Like so freaking hard. And it took me, it took me years. It took me years. Like I went through the majority of my mid twenties, just like, I missed my college friends, but I didn't live anywhere near them. And I mean, I, you know, we, we keep in touch through text and Facebook, but it's just like when you live hours, you like grow away from them in a way. And my experience, like, I mean, I love them to death and I would do anything for them, but like, we don't have the same life anymore. So hard. So yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I don't have any good advice there, but it's, it is hard and it takes time. I think like, when you but when you find that friend and it doesn't have to be a group it can be just if you have one friend mm-hmm. that is like that person that is your person the person who is in like good and bad they are willing to call you out on your stuff they're willing to be there for you when things go awry like that is important the other thing too like for me a big support is my husband you know i know for like single people that's okay like if, if you don't have a partner or spouse like that's okay but like for me my husband is a big support and confidant for me and recently my counselor y'all get into counseling like get a therapist for the love please why did i wait so long i never went to therapy after my mom died and i regret that because what no i know I know. Like, and my therapist was like, look, how have you never been here? (laughs) He's like, I mean, I don't want to say that I'm glad to see you, but I'm real glad to see you because we got about like 32 years of stuff to unpack. So, yeah. 
so that has been a lifesaver for me. And the best decision I have made in the last two months is seeking a counselor. And I've been seeing her like two times a week because I... Yeah. So I think that is worth every single penny. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. Well, I think what's interesting I was having a conversation. I, I went and spent this the past couple of days with my person and we had some great times and we were talking about friendships and how each friend in our life plays a different role in our life and how her and I have discussed how we've gotten older 
we're both really, really close to our moms, have great, amazing relationships with our moms, but they have shifted as we've come into our late 20s now. And now I have a daughter and how all of that has changed everything really. And how, what is our new kind of criteria for finding friends? And who else do we need in our life? And her and I kind of talked about how we have found ourselves seeking people who bring a type of personality that we either like aspire to or feel like we could never be, but respect. And so I think that that's a really interesting aspect of when you're meeting someone of like, you don't have to worry about ever trying to be that person, but do you just like really like what they're putting down and like can appreciate what it brings to your life? And I think for me, the type of person that I am, I'm a very like check some boxes and make a goal and like break it down. And I do that with seeking people in my life. And I feel like if that's how you kind of have to tackle it to get out of your shell to, to seek those and to cultivate those relationships, then do that. But that's been super helpful for me of being like, I really like this, this aspect that she can bring to the table. I'm gonna like try to nourish that a little bit. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And there are definitely women in my life that that I just admire. And I want to... Yeah, like you said, like, I kind of... I'm like, I want to be when I grow up. Yeah. You know? And it's funny, like, my counselor was talking about this with me a couple weeks ago about just like, who has sort of filled that role, that like missing role of a mother for you? And I was like, that was a real tough question because I've longed for that. And I have missed that. I can't call my mom and ask her you know, about this tantrum my kid is throwing or like, I can't call my mom and ask her how I get through this. Like my mom wasn't there on my wedding day. And like, that is hard. And those, those things are so tough and they don't really get easier. And I just yearn for that kind of relationship with a woman who is older and older and can kind of be that for me. And so she just asked me very honestly, like, do you have that person? And I just said, you know, I've always wanted that, but I don't, there's, you know, there, I can think of a couple women in my life that like could be that, but I don't know how to foster that. And she said, you know what? Sometimes it just takes you reaching out and saying, Hey, can we get lunch? Yes. And I just was like, Oh, you know, (laughs) Oh, we can just eat together. (laughs) I felt like it had to be this big thing where I had to like sit down and be like, I want you to be like a mother. to me. Can you be my mom? Can you you adopt me into your family? Like, no, that's not how it has to go. She was like, invite them to lunch. Like, do you like Mexican food? Why don't you all go get some chips and salsa and just talk? Yeah. Oh, okay. And mine is literally just reminding myself, hey, let me text this person or like vox them a message because I have a really hard time like keeping up with communications. But I realized like the ones that I actually spend time on grow, which is huh, novel. So I'm like, okay, if I want this to be something, I need to be making some efforts into changing it. Yeah. And it's funny because I, I kind of felt like I was like, well, I don't want to be needy. And I don't want to be needy like, like, hi, I'm this, I'm just like a kid and I just want you to be my mom. Like, I don't want to be that person. And she was, my therapist was like, but what if the time you spend with them is a blessing to them as well? Yeah. Yeah. I'd never thought about it that way. And, you know, and she's like, again, like, it's just lunch. Like, <laughs> you know, get a babysitter mm-hmm. you know, put or like send your kids to a friend's house and go get mm-hmm. that time that you can invest in that relationship is going to really yeah. 
give you that wisdom that you might need and that out, outside perspective or that more mature perspective. And I was like, oh. And so I think that that was just like a takeaway in general. Mm-hmm. And I want to invest in a friendship. Like sometimes it takes something as similar as like, hey, let's grab lunch. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I've been on the receiving end of someone who tried to make it the complicated version. And I remember them being like, will you be my mentor? And it was the most awkward conversation. And I didn't feel the same way about them as mm-hmm. they felt about me. Awkward. And then it just made the whole thing worse. And like, but like lunch is way more doable. Mm-hmm. And I, I also remember the opposite side of things where like in high school, of course, it was in high school, this girl decided she had to break up with me as a friend. I'm like, come on, just move on. Don't text each other anymore. Hey. Like we make this all so complicated mm-hmm. and it really doesn't have to be. If, not. if they're not giving you what you need, like move on. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be like, you're just not like being as good a friend as I'm being. Like, who gives a shit? Yeah. <laughs> I had a couple of friends like that in elementary and high school who like, yeah, had to make it this big thing. It was way overcomplicated. I'm like, late like, why do women do that? Why do we not do that? Like we way overcomplicate it. When sometimes it's just as matter as simple as like grabbing lunch or simply just like, you know what, let's just stop texting each other. Like it's really- <laughs> Why are we forcing fetch to happen? Like fetch does not happen. <laughs> okay. Okay. We need to we need to quit making fetch happen and like uh-huh. let this friendship go. And sometimes like you have to prune those people out of your life. Like yeah. somebody that every time you you are with them, you feel like the energy has been sucked yes. out of you. Oh god. Well, why are you hanging out with them? Yeah, we all know a person like that. So tell me how do these relationships help you live in your purpose? Oh, yes. Yeah, it's a really great question. Um, I think in a lot of ways, the just the support is is so needed. And I think for me, like, like, okay, here's a good example. Like last spring, like one of my dreams came true. I got to collaborate and design a line of limited edition line of clothing with my favorite ethical fashion brand called Elegantees. Elegantees is a if you don't know them they're amazing. <laughs> like this is not sponsored. I love them so much. Elegantees.com and they're just oh my gosh, they're amazing. But anyway, what they do is they they make adorable clothes for women and they also just have a, a little girls line too, but they work with women in Nepal who have been rescued from human trafficking. And so that's kind of their greater purpose is that they want to rescue as many women as possible and give women in Nepal who've been victims of human trafficking, give them a better life and give them opportunity. And so I got to collaborate on this line of clothing with them. And it was like legitimately a dream come true. I'd been working on the project for a year. And but I was also really nervous about it because I was afraid that everybody, you know, I was afraid that people are going to hate it or... I was going to get, you know, a bunch of negative criticism or whatever. Like, I remember the day that it launched, like my three best friends who, you know, they do not care about fashion like I do. They do not, you know, they're just, that's not their world. They were the ones that were like screaming from the rooftops about it. They were the ones that were sharing all the information about it. Like they came to my launch party and they were wearing all my stuff. And like, they were just like, we are the proud friends. We are so proud of you and everything that you've done. And and we want to just tell everybody about it. And like to have, that. to have those people that they don't really actually care no. <laughs> about, about the fashion. I mean, they've gotten more into it because I talk about it all the time. But like, 
No, my person drove five hours to come to our first year birthday for TCC. Yes. Like, that's she was person. <laughs> that's your person. Yes. Yeah. And sometimes you just need that. You need that. Support. Yes. You need to know that somebody's in your court just cheering you on. They do not want to see you fail. They do not want to celebrate in your failures. They want to celebrate in your successes and pick you up when you fall. You know, I remember like when I had I had a, a real bad troll that was just oh. trolling me for a while. And like I remember my friends would just, you know, they were like, we will find this person's IP address. <laughs> we will hunt them down. Like we will take them out. And, you know, but then they also like helped me just be like, you know what? That what that person is saying is not true. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So I think that's just those are the types of people you need in your life. And again, it doesn't need to be this massive group. Like if you have one, two people that just they right. are the people and you do the same for them. Like I you do. Don't the same have yeah. The tiny squad is good. I will link this in the show notes. I, I just wrote a note to remind myself. But I think the talk of friendship is so important. And and I think tying it into your purpose, like it may seem like we're talking about friendship and purpose as two unrelated conversations, but it truly is not. Oh, it's not. There's an article that my person, her name is Amanda, by the way, I keep calling her my person, but Amanda <laughs> sent me a link to this article where it's an interview between two women. I think they're both bloggers, but one for sure has a blog. And it was an interview. They interviewed each other and they talked about like, what qualities of your friendship do you like? What qualities of the other person? What makes it work? Like, do your spouses support it? What what tips do you have for other people? And it was so amazing. Now, what she did was she read the article and then sent it to me and said, don't read it yet. I've copied all the questions over and I want you to answer the questions like for her. And she was going to answer them for me. And so when I was in town last weekend, her and I went on a wine date. We got a sitter and we like told each other our answers to the questions. And it was so amazing. Like it was such a great check-in with each other about like where we're feeling with each other and like what we like about the other person and what we appreciate that the other person does. It was like counseling over wine and it was so awesome. So I'll share that in the show notes. If you guys want to do that with your person or just read it to get inspiration or ideas on what a really healthy, secure friendship looks like. If you're missing that, I think it's super helpful. I love that. I can't wait to do that. Yeah, you'll love it. Yeah. Yeah. So let's break this down a little bit. I feel like, I mean, we've talked everything from war to finding your person and everything in between. So let's break down a little bit. And if someone is still really in the beginning stages of uncovering their purpose, what are three to five action steps they can take over the next 30 days to really start to hone in on what that could be for them? That's a great question. So the first thing for sure is I say, answer the question to yourself, what keeps you up at night? Really? And and I mean that like in a very genuine sense of like, is there an issue? Or is there something that you cannot stop thinking about? And it does not have to be as deep and serious as human trafficking. Like it can be something as just like you feel like maybe you're into fashion and you just maybe wish that women would feel more confident in the clothes that they're wearing and like really love the clothes they're wearing. Maybe that's an issue you really are passionate about. Maybe you are a wedding planner and you are actually at the end of the day, you are more passionate about the marriage than the actual mm. wedding 
details okay. of the wedding day. Maybe you are a family photographer who, you know, you lost your parents as a kid and you wish you had more pictures of you with your family. And so like you want to bless other families with memories, like captured memories. Like maybe actually there's a guy I had on my podcast a couple weeks ago who is a he's an optometrist and he um but his passion is like he wants to end preventable blindness. And like serving in developing nations and helping just provide like glasses to people who can't who don't have access to glasses and like regular eye care and like it seems so so maybe silly to some people but like everybody was created with a gift everybody is has something that they just love to do and maybe there's a deeper passion beneath of it that just really keeps them up at night so i think identifying that is key that is so 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 key the second thing I would say is like, is then kind of when you identify whatever that thing is. So then start to look at yourself. And then like if you're a business owner or an entrepreneur, which I, I'm assuming most of your listeners are yeah. kind of in the creative space and they're an entrepreneurs, like look at yourself first and then look at how you're running your business. And how can you kind of start to implement these things deeper into your business? So, you know, if you are somebody who creates a physical product, maybe it's starting to really look at your supply chain. Like, where mm-hmm. are you getting the, the pieces from? Are they ethically produced? Are they produced in a sweatshop? Like, I mean, really look at those mm-hmm. things. If like you can start to implement a cleaner supply chain, or is there a different person you can support for getting your materials? Like a, a small a small business, can you partner with somebody else? How are you treating like your colleagues or your clients? Like, is there something like a different client experience you can provide? You know, really dig deep. So if you're that wedding planner who really is passionate about marriage, maybe you offer some type of like not premarital counseling, but like some type of session about let's talk about the marriage after the wedding day. And let's really talk about this. Let's dig into that. Or like, if you're hiring things out, are you paying them fairly? Are you treating those people with respect? Like, there's so many different things you can do that can be very simple to kind of implement that purpose into your business. Yeah, I love that. And then I think lastly, you have to also look at what is doable for you and your business. Like yeah. not everybody is going <laughs> to be able to go to a developing nation and serve somehow. Like that's just right. not that's not feasible for everybody. Maybe that is for some, but a lot of people it's not. So like is it maybe you donate a percentage of your of your profits to a local, you know, charity? Mm-hmm. You know, partner with a, lo- a local nonprofit or maybe you do kind of like a charity event. Um, there's a an awesome family photographer here in the central North Carolina area who once a year she provides a she does a, a mini session day and 100% of the profits of that mini session day and she makes a couple grand on that mini okay. she donates 100% of those profits to a, a local organization that's working with foster kids. Love so that, that's a way that she can give back with her business. But sometimes like this might seem really silly, but I, I really mean this. Sometimes it's going home and just serving your family well. Like yeah. sometimes that's your deeper purpose is like you go, you do your work, and then you come home and you shut it off. Yes. And you turn the phone off and you spend time with your family and you love them well. I love that example because I think it's it's a really good check-in for people who feel overwhelmed about wanting to do good. <laughs> And then they freeze and then they don't do anything or they feel like they're not doing anything. Sometimes it's as simple as yourself and your family. 
Yes, there is a Mother Teresa quote that is, and I'm going to probably completely butcher it. And it's basically <laughs> like something to the effect of like, sometimes the greatest mission field we have is right in our own homes. Um, yes. It's something to that effect. I'm paraphrasing it. But that is so, oh, it's so true of just like, sometimes like we don't, it doesn't need to be complicated. It doesn't mm-hmm. need to be this big thing. And, and it can be. If you want it to be, but it doesn't have to be. Just, you know, building a great marriage that, you know, impacts other people and shows people what marriage can look like. Really like raising up kids who are generous and selfless and giving and kind. Like my husband and I talk about this all the time. Like I'm all for academics, I'm all for athletics. But at the end of the day, like if my kids are the ones in the class that care about the kid that doesn't have anyone to sit with at lunch, if they're yeah. the ones that are like going over and helping pick up the kid who fell on the playground, like that's what I care about. I want to know that my kids are that kid. Yes. I love that. Well, tell us where people can hang out with you online. Yeah. So my blog is stillbeingmolly.com and I'm on any social media platform. I'm just at stillbeingmolly. And then my podcast is called Business with Purpose. And it's on you know any podcasting platform. And basically what I do on Business with Purpose is I talk with business owners and entrepreneurs who kind of like what I was saying is just they have a, a, a greater purpose and a greater why behind what they do. And I you know, have everybody, everyone from wedding photographers and wedding planners to optometrists, to authors, to people who have started ethical fashion businesses, kind of, I've, I've run the gamut in the type of business owner I've talked to, but it's really, um, actually, I just interviewed a guy who started a chocolate company, like, yeah, so he works in Ghana. And so there's just lots of different types of people that are doing really amazing things. And it's like I said, it's my passion. and I love to share it with other people. And so yeah, so that's what I do. So business with purpose, and then my blog still being Molly and come say hi, you know, tag me on Instagram. Yes. Say hey, I'll be your friend. <laughs> I love making I love it. Thank you so much, Molly. This was super helpful and inspiring. Thanks for coming on the show. Oh, it was my pleasure. And honestly, I was honored to be here. So thank you so much for having me on. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor. To get podcast updates and all the behind-the-scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.